Thank you for joining us today, listeners. My name is Miranda Gollett. I'm the host of Brave Talk Podcast, and we really appreciate we really appreciate all of our listeners and all the people who have supported this podcast. I think this is only like the 15th episode or so. It's we're a real small little movement, um, but we really appreciate those who have joined us and supported us and have listened and become involved. Uh, this wouldn't be here without you. So thank you. We know that like the episodes are kind of sporadic right now. We're kind of in a once a month rhythm and it's just because life, you know, we have, we, both my husband and I, he, I, uh, create all the content and do the recording and my husband does all the producing and editing and, you know, we both have full-time jobs and lots of commitments and this is kind of our passion project or one of them. We have many. And so we're kind of in this rhythm of just, creating the best content that we can that we can and putting the time that we have into it and trying to make something meaningful trying to make something uh, special and honest and something that blesses the lord and hopefully blesses uh everyone else who gets to hear it, our our listeners and our friends and family you know those who um are even a part of the conversations that we're having that this content that ends up in an episode you know comes out of and so Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us in this up and down journey. Thank you for joining us in these episodes that are hopefully getting better and better uh, in terms of like audio and and the content, like what you're hearing and how it's sounding. I also want to point out that uh, there is a blog that a lot of the posts accompany or kind of um, complement episodes. It's called Quiet Brilliance. It's on um, WordPress. So I just encourage you to look for that on Facebook and Instagram, uh, the pages for Brave Talk Podcast. There's a link for the blog there and it's just more expanded and complimentary content. And I also, uh, we also have the podcast on Backyard Ben's app. So Backyard Bend is an Instagram page and an, uh, a website that's like all things Central Oregon. And they're starting an app. It's not out yet, but they currently have on their website local podcasts and ra- radio stations. And so Brave Talk is actually on there. And we have all of season one um, available, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of great podcasts and radio stations on there. And of course, you know, on their Instagram page, they also have the amazing images from around Central Oregon. It's just beautiful here. So if you're a listener from outside the area, you can check out their Instagram and their website and kind of hear more about this area and see some of the beauty that we get to live around. So today we're going to talk about comparison. And this isn't the kind of comparison that like you go on Facebook or you go on Instagram or you open a magazine and you're like, oh, so-and-so is so much prettier or so much more successful or it's not that, um, comparison about like the superficial eye level stuff, you know, like the stuff that you immediately notice. Um, I want to go deeper. I feel like the Lord's been going deeper with me, especially with this podcast process, um, a lot deeper than just the surface, a lot deeper than what I can just see at first glance, a lot deeper than what I can size myself up against just at first glance. But comparison within um, ministries and within callings and sizing up my journey and my process against someone else's and how that, how we do that, how we engage in that trap of comparison 
and really what the Lord has for us that's so much better. Uh, When I got back from my trip to Asia, I was taking a walk and I was processing different people's journeys. I was praying about things and I was talking to the Lord about how people do things at different time and at different rates and for different reasons and how I was in my mid-30s and finally getting to go back to Asia, finally getting to do this thing I'd felt called to do for half my life. And this phrase popped out of my soul in prayer. It just popped out in the conversation with the Lord about this, that comparison robs the earth. If I were to stop, I mean, I compare myself a lot. And it's this is certainly something that I am in no way... I have in no way conquered. I have in no way uh, mastered and come out on the other side. And I'm trying to give you all the tips to succeed. I'm someone in the in the beginning of the mess of this. I'm not even made it to the middle yet. I'm just in the beginning of the mess of this. And it's just something that if if it's something I'm realizing that if I were to actually stop, and I have stopped a lot in the process, it's not like I've never stopped and given up a dream or never stop and allowed something to be delayed years. I have. But in that particular instance with the Asia trip and with the with the Lord popping that phrase into my into my heart that comparison robs the earth, if I stopped and thought, well, I'm in my mid-30s and all these other people I see doing it are in their, you know, 20s and they're so much younger and they have more time than I do, uh, it's too late for me. You know, if I were to compare and do that and assess that it was too late for me, I would have missed out. The people around me would miss out on what the Lord's doing through that. The people that we all went on the trip together with, all of us would have missed out. If someone compared themselves along the line and allowed themselves to be stopped by what someone else's process looked like and how theirs didn't look the same. And so comparison really does rob the earth because comparison does stop some people. We do let it stop us. And sometimes for some of us, it doesn't let us, we don't let it stop us on everything. But on some things, if we're really real with ourselves, we haven't fallen through with, we haven't engaged with, we haven't attempted, we haven't tackled because it looked like it was too late or, be, or it looked like we didn't have all the same tools that someone else does or someone else did. And so I just want to talk about that. I want to um, share some insights and some things um, that I feel like the Lord has shown me through prayer and through the word. We're going to really be in the word in this episode because he's really given us some useful tools for how to think instead of going on Instagram. Here's what it is for me. (laughs) This is where I get stuck. I'll go on Instagram and I'll see other people's ministries, right? And like the the really uh, stereotypical ways you kind of see things folding unfolding for ministries is that there'll be a book, speaking engagements, podcast, and a blog, maybe even an email to go with it. And all their social media platforms are being updated all the same times, several times a week with the same materials, right? And they just have like this really smooth operation. Well, if you guys haven't noticed, my operation's not smooth, right? (laughs) We're working on that, but it's not there yet. And it's really not even the goal. Like, But I thought it was supposed to be the goal. And there are times where I think that, well, I haven't updated my blog and I haven't updated Instagram and I don't have new content every, every couple days. You know, I have new content every month. 
so that's kind of what I'm talking about where it's, it's noticing that there's a pattern out there or noticing there's a pattern with some people that we look up to and realizing that we can't meet that level yet. We can't meet that quote unquote standard just yet. And what happens when we notice that we can't do that. And so we get afraid and we don't move forward with what we can do. And then the earth is literally robbed. I know that when I read an article or I listen to a podcast, I can't see the demographics. I can't see the statistics behind it. I just know that I'm impacted. I just know that I'm helped. And I might not even be helped or impacted or encouraged the way that the author or the creator sent out to do that. One time I was reading an article by the Bible Project and it was about, I don't even know what it was about. But the thing that hit me was this, this thing about comparison. And that idea wasn't even in the article. But the Lord will use different things and he'll pull out and extract things that we need from someone else's step of faithfulness, from someone else's willingness to step out with whatever they have, whether or not it matches a previously seen program. And so when we don't do that, so when we let comparison stop us, the earth is literally robbed. The earth is robbed from the Lord's expression through us. There is something the Lord wants to say through each of our lives. And we are all have a unique relationship with the Lord and a unique way that he wants to be known through our lives. Because of who we are with the Lord and because of our relationship with him, there is different parts of his nature and different parts of who he is and his heart that is expressed through our lives as we live them out. And when we compare, when we stop and we try to make sure that what we do and how we do things lines up with how someone else is doing them, the earth is literally robbed of the Lord's nature through us, of his, of his expression of himself through our lives, that other people around us that he's put in our lives and put in and put us in theirs, that they need to see, that they need to experience, that the earth needs to have in it. And so it's just really, this is much more significant than we realize this idea of comparison because the Lord wants to come out of our lives. He wants to come out of our lives. He's trying to get out his nature, his heart, his love, his passion, his words. This comparison thing is a trap to stop us from being who we are, to stop us from just being ourselves and being as the Lord made us to be. Have you ever heard the Jim Carrey quote where he says something like, um, everyone make, makes decisions either based on fear or love. We're all either motivated by fear or love. And so comparison takes things into the fear space. We're afraid of standing out. We're afraid of not meshing. We're afraid of doing something different. We're afraid of not having enough. We're afraid of not being enough. And so we start to make decisions based on fear, which is lack right? So we don't step out. We don't do something. We don't express ourselves. We don't share what we feel is on our heart. We don't take a leap of faith. We don't do all these little, you know, cliches that basically just mean being ourselves. Because of fear, it holds us back. And comparison also leads to judgment. We start to feel comfortable. We start to establish these rhythms and these patterns of judging other people, right? So we, like, I'll judge the different ministries and the different ministers I see on Instagram as being all together or as having something that I can't attain to or as having something that the Lord always only would give to them. And then I start to judge myself as not being enough or start to judge myself as uh, not measuring up or lacking something instrumental that I need and not being worth it to step out and do something, not being worth it to carry something with the Lord. 
it's a genuine trap. It's a genuine lie from the enemy to hold us back and to stop us up. We start to determine and start to believe that there's a right route towards something, what we've seen and what we've witnessed so far, what we see in the lives of people that we we might look up to or we might even despise, but we see that they're doing something that we're not or that we feel like we can't. And so we feel like there's just this right route toward what we perceive as quote unquote success or what we perceive as being good enough or ready enough to do something with your life, to do something with this talent or with this desire or this passion. And so we judge people, we judge where they're at in their life, we judge the route that they've taken, and we start to believe that we've missed it, that there isn't a right route for us because we don't have what they have, because we're not like them, because we don't perceive things and see things the same way, like really great speakers. I don't speak like them. (laughs) I speak like me. And they speak like them. And I can get better and they can get better. We can all develop skills and abilities. But I don't speak like them. And sometimes that really trips me up. It really scares me that I don't have the same pauses and the same uh, concepts of things. And I don't, I'm not a very good storyteller. Like I don't come up with stories to illustrate my point as well as some speakers do. And that's something that I always notice and I always pick up on and I always compare myself to. That's a, that's a metric that I use to compare myself with that I'm not very good at coming up with those stories and illustrations like other speakers are that really make a point hit home, that really make a point feel like it comes into your life, has legs, lungs, and skin, and makes sense. It's not one of my, that's not one of my better, my better skill sets. I'm trying, I'm practicing, I ask the Lord all the time, hey Lord, can you give me some kind of story, some, something to illustrate this. And like, even with this message, my best illustration is is Instagram, looking at different ministries of different women and men and different uh, churches and how they have such a concerted, collected, well-formulated kind of social media attack and how everything is always released at a really good time and consistently. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not there. I'm not there. But it doesn't mean I can't still be in the game just because I'm not there. And who's to say I'll ever be there and that's the place to be? I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if we're stuck in comparison, then we think that's the only place I can go. That's the place to be and I can't get there, so I might as well not try. I'm not good enough. This isn't for me. Ships pass me by. This comparison and judgment trap can even lead into competition, right? We can start to feel competitive with ourselves. I more often get competitive with myself. You know, like, am I doing better this time than I did last time? Am I more on time? Is my content better? Am I faster? You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, All those kind of metrics that we can use to compare ourselves. We can even get competitive with other people. You know, we can, we can get so trained on comparing our situation with someone else's that we're judging them and we're competing against them or competing against ourselves. And I feel like we can also use it at times to even comfort ourselves. Like, say you're doing better than someone else by a metric that you can judge. You've made yourself the judge and you're like, you know what, I'm more consistent than they are. And so you can use this. I can use this and be and comfort myself. We've completely left God out of the equation. We are just using our own senses and our own perception to judge, compete, and comfort ourselves. Do you see the trap? Do you see the lie that emerges? Do you see the temptation and the story that emerges from this. 
It's all about someone else and how we measure up to them. And this is a lie. And this is how comparison robs the earth. Because we are supposed to be side by side as a family. We're supposed to be side by side as friends. We're supposed to be side by side primarily with Jesus. But if we're busy comparing ourselves with other people or other ministries or other blogs or other families or other churches or other, uh, you know, staff at our same jobs or other family members, we're not side by side anymore. And we're certainly not side by side with the Lord because the Lord is really looking for someone who will just carry his message, who will just love what he loves with him. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah's encounter with the Lord, with the presence of God, right? He's, he sees the Lord enthroned above the whole earth. And he hears the Lord say, who will go? Who can we send? And Isaiah, Isaiah says, me, send me. But I feel like the Lord is just wanting his people to hear, to just listen and hear, hear his call. Who will go? Who will? Who will carry this message? Who will carry my heart? Who will care about the things that I care about? Who will love what I love? This isn't about how we size up in comparison to someone else or to something else. This isn't about whether we can keep up or compete. This isn't about what our eyes see and what we perceive. This is about the Lord's heart and who will. Who will love his message? Who will go? And the Lord's heart is so vast. There's so much that he's passionate about. There's so much that he cares about. There's so much that is on his heart. There's so much that he loves. And he wants us to partner with us. He wants us to join him. He wants us to be side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and then face to face. And go with him. So really, the focus shifts. And it becomes about him and his message. It becomes about him and what he loves. Who will speak these words? Who will carry this heart and this burden? Who will love what I love with me? Who will take this piece of my heart and steward it and care about it and move for it, move with it, move with me in the earth to make this thing happen, to make this thing come to life, to breathe some air into this? I think one of the first places that we can look or one of the best places that I found to look for how to readjust the mind to how to readjust the heart and the life and the intention of my whole being from carrying my message to carrying the Lord's message and to getting my eyes off of other people and how they're doing things and back onto the Lord and letting him take care of it, letting him take care of me, letting him take care of the path and the route to where he's sending me, to where he's taking me. That's in his hands, not mine. It's Psalm 131. It's a three-verse psalm. (laughs) It's just three verses. And it's called a song of ascents. So it's like this idea of ascending and accomplishing something, right? A a song of ascents. If you open up your Bible to Psalm 131, it says that right there. And really the, the time frame around this is when um, David has been anointed king or he's been, yeah, he's been anointed and he'll be king and um, he's not yet king, but he's found out that that's, that's the route, that's the destination, right? And here's what he says. 
O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So he's found out he's going to be king. He's currently not king and Saul is king and Saul's after him. And one of David's first response, first responses is, Oh Lord, my soul, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. He right away agrees with the Lord, surrenders to the Lord, that he won't take on the job of trying to get to the kingship. He's already been promised him. He's not going to take on the job. He's not going to take on the responsibility of scheming to get this position. He's not going to try to get rid of Saul so that this work can come true. He's already, he's already putting himself in the position that he's going to trust the Lord to take care of of all these things that are too big for him, too great for him, too marvelous. Things maybe like, how am I going to actually get back to the palace? How am I going to be made king? What's going to happen with Saul? What's going to happen with my family? Am I even going to survive? What about all my men? These things are too great and too marvelous for him. How How he will ascend to the throne. And his soul, his eyes, his heart is not lifted up. His eyes are not raised too high, and he's not preoccupied with figuring out how he can make the promise come true. He's going to let the Lord take care of that. And he's accepted this, this position of being the recipient of the Lord's promise. Instead of trying to make it happen himself, he's going to be the recipient. He's not going to be the taker. He's not going to grab. He's not going to scheme. He's going to be the recipient of the Lord's promise. Instead, he says, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Now in the, in the Hebrew culture, the soul kind of meant a desire or appetite. And so he's saying that he's calmed and quieted his appetite for this, for this role, for this promise, for this anointing to be king. He's He's subdued. He's quieted. He's resolved the hunger. To quiet and to calm that, it actually means to resolve, to satiate that appetite. So it's no longer in him, right? He's calmed and quieted his soul to not need this thing. And it's like a weaned child with its mother, a child that's satisfied with not having the milk anymore that it used to crave, but can just simply lie with her and enjoy her presence, and be calm and quieted. So that's what David's done. He's not concerned with what is above his pay grade. He's not concerned with how he measures up to Paul, with how he compares with Paul. He's not concerned with this position, right? So if I'm comparing myself on Instagram and social media, which is my, you know, quote-unquote drug of choice, I'm not concerned with whether or not I've reached their amount of followers. I'm not concerned with whether or not I have uh, the reach that they have or the position that they have. I'm going to calm and quiet my soul like a child who's satisfied without what they used to crave and let the Lord accomplish his purposes. Let the Lord accomplish 
what he's out to accomplish, which is his message, his heart being expressed in the earth. That is what is primary importance to him when it comes to what we're going to do. Is that his heart and his love and his passion is expressed and released in the earth and he wants it released through us. So we calm and quiet our soul, our appetite and our desire for our own ends and our own position and our own estimation to be good and to be right. And we let the Lord take care of that. Psalm 39 verse 4 says, Show me, O Lord, the end and the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. Show me, O Lord, the end and the measure of my days. Another verse in Psalm says, um, Show me the number of my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. This is all up to the Lord. This is all in his hands. So show us, Lord, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that this is in your hands. This is something that we leave up to you. In Galatians uh, 6, 4 through 5, in the message translation, I really like this. I think this is pretty exciting. Um, Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. That kind of fits with, Lord, show me the number of my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. And then in Galatians 6, 4, and 5, make a careful careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given, and then sink yourself into that. And don't be worried about all the other stuff. Don't be worried about how great or not great you are. Don't be worried about what anyone else is doing and the work that they've been given and the number of their days. But sink yourself into what you've been given. Sink yourself into your own life with the Lord and what he wants to do through you and then do your best with it. Right? Hear the Lord say who will on something. Whatever you're passionate about, whatever you hear about and you know the Lord cares about and it really lights a fire in you, Be concerned with that. Do your creative best. Seek the Lord for the creative best to experience that, to walk that out, to enjoy that in your life. I believe this verse is actually really strongly connected with another one, another passage. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 through 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. So first we have Galatians 6 telling us to sink into who you are and the work you've been given in your life. And then we have Paul saying in 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 through 7, fan into flame this gift of God that's been given to you. Start a fire. Be concerned with your with the gifts God has given you, with the work he's given you to do, not with what other people have been given, but with what you've been given and start a fire in your own life. Start a fire in your own heart to do this thing and to not give in to fear, to not give in to comparison, to not give in to judgment and stay in the box that comparison built by thinking that we have to do things only the way we've ever seen them, only the way we've judged that they need to be done when we're not looking at the Lord. And instead, take, experience, receive, accept, believe that he has truly given us a spirit of power, love, and self-control or a sound mind. The ability to think with him, 
the ability to understand with him, the ability to move and to live and to literally think with the Lord. Instead of staying in the box comparison built, start a fire. Start a fire in your own life. You've been given permission to start a fire in your own life with the gifts that the Lord's given you, the things that he has given you passion for because he has passion for them. And pursue them. There's a quote from Bob Goff I really like. Um, We won't be distracted by comparison if we are captivated with purpose. You are allowed to be a fire starter. You are allowed to be captivated with this piece of the Lord's heart and a piece of his message that he's given to you to fan to flame, to sink into it, to do your creative best, to seek the Lord, to move forward in power and love. This is what you've been given and been allowed to do. So what, what does the Lord want to say through your life? What does he want to release through your life? What is the, the part of his heart that he wants everyone to know about him from looking at you, from experiencing your life? What will the earth be robbed from if your, if your life is not lived to the fullest? What will, be earth, what will the earth be robbed of if the Lord's heart doesn't get out through you? You know, we can ask him, we can ask him, Lord, what is it that you love? What is it that you want to say through my life? What is the statement you want to make? What is the picture being painted? What is the poem being written? What is the expression of your heart? What is the expression of your passion that's meant to come through my life, that's meant to be said through my days, through my work, through my passions, through through me living my life? What it, What is supposed to get out of me? onto my friends, onto my family, onto my coworkers, onto my sphere of influence, into my community. What is supposed to get out of me that's of you into everything around me? Because there's something and maybe even many things for all of us that are meant to get out of us into all the world, into all the earth around us. The comparison is robbing the earth of what's meant to come out of us. And it needs to stop. It is a lie and a trap of the enemy. It is a temptation towards sin, towards stopping and towards holding back and turning away. And it needs to stop. And Psalm 131 is one way that we quiet that down. And then we look at Galatians 6 and and 2 Timothy 1. And we see that in fact we are to do the exact opposite. Not look outside, but look to the Lord and then be fearlessly on fire flames happening, even if that was a quiet thing for you, (laughs) but fearlessly just being ourselves and letting him move through us. You know, a really good way to do this, a really good way to begin this even is to get into conversations with people, people that you love, what are they passionate about? It can be really, really inspiring to hear from other people what they're passionate about. It's not threatening. Yes, sometimes it might feel threatening. It might feel, you might feel that comparison thing come up. You might feel the fear like, well, I'm not there or I don't measure up or I don't see things that way. I know I sometimes feel that way. I I start to think, well, I don't see things that way. I start to wonder if there's something wrong with me. If we actually, if we trust the Lord and if we are concerned with hearing his message, 
when we hear from other people what they're passionate about can be really inspiring because then it's like, oh, now I know that I can hear from the Lord. I can hear a passion for myself. It's kind of like having an example instead of having a metric to compare yourself to. It's like having an example. And so I would encourage you to get around people and hear what it is that the Lord wants to say through their lives and get excited to hear and to learn and to discover what the Lord might want to say through your life. Uh, my pastor's wife, Jaina, was talking about, so that this isn't my illustration, this is her illustration. So I'm going to give credit where credit is due. <clears throat> but she talked about how um, she's learned that that um, the Indians taught the settlers to grow crops together, different kinds of crops together, because they would, um, different kinds of crops would protect other crops. You know what I mean? Like the weaknesses would balance the strengths and the strengths would balance the weaknesses. And the crops would kind of feed each other. And so the soil would be less depleted. This is just such a powerful illustration of how we can grow in community and fellowship and in relationship with each other, where we're not depleting or taking from each other through competition and jealousy, but where we're inspiring and encouraging and feeding each other and where just the interaction continues to feed and to help and where we cover each other. And my strengths might balance your weaknesses and my weaknesses might need your strengths to come and balance. And then we're a full representation of the message and the heart of God, little by little, all of us doing our part and not being stopped by comparison. And I really believe that that's the Lord's heart for us. So what is your life saying? What is your life saying? What does the Lord want to say through you? I hope is that you are encouraged through this uh, message, through this podcast, that your life that your life is is meant to say something from the heart of God. You're not meant to be a copy, you're not meant to be a replication, and you're not meant to be stopped by comparison. There is something, and perhaps many things, for your life to say. There are perhaps many things that the Lord wants to communicate through you. And so don't let comparison stop your creativity. Don't let it hinder you. Don't let it rob you and the earth around you of more of the heart of God, of the message of God. Ask the Lord. Talk to people. Be brave. Thank you so much for joining us.